I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellasai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Before we go any further, I just need to ask... What? About the bubble bath. Oh, I did take a bubble bath. Yeah, I know I know this because you posted on Instagram, <laughs> but I just want to hear about it. My intention of taking the photo was that there were too many bubbles. <laughs> yeah, there were so many. But I don't think I communicated that well with the photo, so it just looked like I was having a bad time in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the follow-up, it was very clear that there were a lot right. of bubbles right, in there. Right, right, right. Long story short, my trainer told me that I should take a, a Epsom salt bath. I love Epsom Epsom salts. And I thought I had some, but the only thing I had was like a eucalyptus, like Epsom salt bubble bath solution. And that's what I used. Ah. And I used too much of it and it became very bubbly, <laughs> very fast. But it was pleasant. Beautiful. And it did not help relax my muscles at all. Perfect. So fuck bubble baths. And on that note, let's get into the episode. We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the most disturbing news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into my dating pet peeves. That's right, bitches. We're doing another fucking episode about dating, because I'm going through it this week. And then finally, we have comedian, filmmaker, podcast host, Hari Kondabolu in the studio for an interview and a game. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's freaking start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a state trooper... In Washington, Washington State, stopped to help what he thought was a disabled vehicle pulled over on the side of the highway. So there's a car pulled over side of the highway. The state trooper pulls over to try to help them. And then he gets to the person and it turns out it's just someone who's sitting there playing Pokemon Go on eight different phones (laughs) at once in a foam case that they fashioned the dedication I, I here. Need to, I need to paint the picture of this thing because you can't see it as I see it. Right. Basically, it's like a foam board that they've made with an indentation for each phone that okay. is, it's resting in. Mm-hmm. So it's just this board that they have with eight phones in it all running Pokemon Go at once. And they were like, we have to stop right on this highway because this is where the action is. You got to capture them all. You got to get them all. It's September 2019. I don't understand how people are still playing Pokemon Go. Not to kink shame, but you're fucked up. You're fucked up. (laughs) And I hate it. (laughs) I never... Well, I have an addictive personality and I can't download games anymore. Absolutely not. Because I had to take off work one day to play Flappy Bird. (laughs) No, you shut your damn mouth. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) Which... In my defense, it was because my boss, my boss's boss challenged me on Flappy Bird and I got so obsessed with it that I was like, I need to stay home until I break my record. And I did. Also, I remember my cousin, my younger cousin, uh, when I was at home was like, do you play Pokemon Go? And I was like, I guess I'll download it to relate to the youth. And it was like, you have to go to like the local like fucking... I don't know, Pokemon Center. And mine was like a church. It's <laughs> like, no, this is some Scientology shit. It was You're actually just your mom trying to get you back to church. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, conscription is what's happening. I mean, conscripted by the church. And if that's the case, then this man is the fucking Pope because he was playing on eight different phones. Luckily, though, the driver, um, He was not given a ticket because he wasn't technically moving. The car wasn't moving while he was using the phones. But the state trooper was like, dude, 
you gotta stop. <laughs> you gotta put the shit in the back seat and move along. The shoulder is for emergencies only. You're on a highway. And I've I've been on that highway, I think. Because wow. I was just in Seattle. I've never been on a highway. It's it's a lot. It seems scary. There's a lot that's happening. I was on it recently, I think, driving between the airport in Tacoma, Washington. And I had a Russian driver who told me that he had alcohol for the first time in 2012. And now he goes to Canada and buys cases of it. So I like saw the origin of an alcoholic. Wow. Beautiful. So beautiful. Next! A New York couple's luxurious vacation home in West Palm Beach, Florida, only in Florida, has been taken over by dozens of black vultures who are (laughs) vomiting and defecating everywhere. Yeah. Did you think that's how that sentence would end? I did not. not. (laughs) Nope. The Palm Beach Post reports that the Casamano family can't even visit their $702,000 vacation home that they purchased earlier this year in the Ibis Golf and Country Club. (laughs) Because... There uh, are vultures just everywhere, apparently. And the woman, Siobhan, described the smell as... I'm so glad her name is Siobhan. Siobhan Casamano. Yep. That's so close to Veronica Mars' character. Or as I pronounce it, Siobhan Casamino. Sure. Because that's how it's spelled. The woman said it smells like a thousand rotting corpses <laughs> and that the vultures have destroyed their screen enclosures. They've overtaken the pool and the barbecue. The few times the family has tried to visit, uh, they've had to park their car in the garage to avoid the birds pecking at them with their beaks. Damn. <laughs> oh, you Those had to use the peaks. garage? Uh, a neighbor says that the vultures tore through her pool enclosure and they couldn't figure out how to get out. The birds couldn't. So the birds got in and they started freaking out. She said, imagine 20 vultures trapped, biting each other, and they can bite through bones. They would bang against my windows, running away from a bird that was attacking them. Blood was everywhere. It was a vile, vicious, traumatic event. And it was Memorial Day, so no company I called would come out to help me. Damn. <laughs> oh, no. Well, they did say this This particular woman is a neighbor who is, like, uh, who is ill. She has cancer. And it's like trapped by these vultures. Oh, my God. This took a dark turn. Even worse. Apparently, it's a third neighbor. Not the woman, not the not the New York family and not the not the sick lady. It's a third person who they claim is excessively feeding them. Oh, my God. Stop. She said the neighbor has been giving them bags of dog food and even a roasted chicken, (gasps) which is fucked. You're giving birds bird. Do vultures eat other birds? Probably. Probably. But also dog food. What are you trying to do to these birds? Yeah, she's beefing them up. This is like, uh, this is the part in the horror movie at the end when you realize like, yeah, it's the fucking woman who's been like feeding the rats. This is like a Kathy Bates character. Yeah. And also (laughs) it's going to end by them turning on her. But they'll all have a bit of her soul. Mm. Uh, The Neighborhood Association president said that they've warned the woman, but they can't really do anything because vultures are migratory birds protected by federal law. Oh, boy. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Trump. (laughs) This is all of the government's fault. They said the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission issued a warning to the neighbor, but thus far she has ignored it and she won't respond to emails or phone calls. Um, People have suggested scaring the vultures off with fireworks or balloons. A newspaper even quoted an expert saying that killing a vulture and having it stuffed and hanging it in a prominent place would work because vultures avoid their own dead. (laughs) Same. The neighbor said that it's difficult to get a permit to kill a protected bird. This is local government at its finest. Absolutely. I need to we need Leslie kill Nope. a bunch of vultures. Can I have a permit for that, please? Um, Just one. The woman said she even tried putting out four fake owls that have moving heads and blinking lights, but, quote, the vultures chewed the owl apart. <laughs> they ripped the heads off. <laughs> this is, it's all funny until the birds come for all of us. Mm. Yeah. This is literally a, the Alfred Hitchcock. He knew. He knew. He knew. And 
And finally, this I'm just going to read the headline. The headline is, Sex Pigs Halt Traffic After Laser Attack on Pokemon Teens. No, what is this Pokemon beat we've got here today? <laughs> and what are sex pigs? Um, so this is a story from, I think, a Swedish website. So I think there might be some type of translation happening. When they talk about sex pigs... I think they're, they mean like pigs, like just like fiends. Okay. Okay. Like I feel like pig yeah. <laughs> in sex culture is like, you, you dirty little pig. <laughs> like a sex pig. Um, oh, but they were wearing pig masks, I think. It's uh-huh. literally like, <laughs> I'm just, okay. So this is from the local, a Sweden, uh, a Swedish news website. So I want to give them credit because I'm just going to read <laughs> The the Inschon, <laughs> that's the name of the town, uh, in central Sweden, isn't known for pig mask-wearing couples shooting lasers at Pokemon hunters before having sex by a water wheel. <laughs> but that could be about to change. It was a Friday night in the village of 2,000 souls. <laughs> what if one person has multiple souls? What if a couple people don't have souls? What an ominous choice of words. <laughs> it was Friday night in the village of 2,000 souls when two teenage siblings wandered out with their smartphones to play Pokemon Go. But instead of finding Pikachu or Squirtle, they soon came face to face in the park with a couple who must have seemed scarcely more real. They wore rubber masks depicting pig's heads and they started screaming and waving a laser. A laser beam hit one of the teens in the face, and the children rushed back home, shaken but luckily unharmed. All right. A laser beam doesn't hit you in the face like a solid object. It's a beam of light. Right? It's just like a pointer, (laughs) right? That's what they're talking about? They're acting like they got beaten within an inch of their life with, like, a bat. Yeah. (laughs) They got a flashlight, a heavy flashlight shined on them, and they ran home and told their mom... (laughs) In the next sentence, they, the masked shooters, okay, <laughs> uh, who also wore T-shirts labeled "King and Queen," were next spotted by incredulous motorists as they had sex beside a Hamlet's water wheel. Wow, I don't know what that means, but I know what my Halloween costume's going to be this year. I think it's a giant. What do you call that thing that like churns water? wheel like a water wheel yeah i only have seen it in the beginning of hocus pocus Mm, that's how thackeray gets into their house Oh, thackeray yeah so basically these two like sex pigs were outside fucking each other in a king and queen shirt happened to have a laser these two (laughs) these two kids come out (laughs) to hunt for pokemon stumble upon them get slapped in the face by a beam of light and then run back home to their mom but yeah the police officer was like pointing at someone with green laser can cause injury if it hits the eyes (laughs) this is what happens in sweden and it makes the news beautiful crimes i bet yeah beams of light will be banned in sweden within like a week but what about at the robin shows i don't know how she'll do it Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving into dating pet peeves. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. So today we're talking about dating pet peeves. Obviously, loyal listeners of the show slash anybody I've interacted with in the past six months (laughs) knows that I have thrown myself into the toothy abyss of the dating world. It's been a while since we did a a deep dive about anything dedicated to dating. I know we've covered deal breakers. We've covered dating apps. But today I want to bitch actually about dating because I've been in it now for a bit. And also, not going to lie, this week wasn't a great one. So we're going through it. And now I'm just going to use Unhappy Hour as therapy, which is basically what it's been the entire time. But now we're just being explicit about it. The weird thing to me, this is going to be very stream of conscious. I do have stuff to talk about. That's Uh, fine. The weird thing to me is uh, the pattern that I usually follow is you match with someone on an app. You talk with them. If, if If you like them... Like, if you seem like, all right, maybe you move it to Instagram or text. Mm -hmm. 
Instagram is particularly weird because then you'll follow one another or on any social media, but then you hear about them complaining about their dating life. And it's like, I'm right here. (laughs) It's just weird. It's weird. It's like now you're just an observer of their like thoughts about how their dating life is going. So there are now people who I've matched with never met that we follow each other on Instagram and it's just weird. I a lot of the times I think you talk about dating, you talk about other people and it really is just a reflection of the person that's in it <laughs> and what they're projecting. So I say this all with the knowledge that, you know, I'm aware of that fact. Yeah. My first pet peeve. Oh my god. <laughs> is the quote I'm not really looking to date right now which yeah I think the worst part is for me not being upfront about it if that's your intention from the beginning then fine if you're like not ready to date say you got out of a relationship recently it's like yeah maybe you want to get out there and then you start going out with someone yeah, and you're like and not feeling, ready for this right but it's also a way to move on from someone is to like maybe you end up getting a crush on someone you're not going to know that unless you go on a date or two right Right. I think the thing that I'm learning in general, as I've talked about before, where it's just like weird because I don't know. Sometimes I'll go out with people and I'm like, do they just want to like, oh, they've they've listened to the podcast or they watch my stuff and they're like a fan and they want they just want to like hang out, but are, aren't clear about that. And then I go in thinking like, oh, this is a date. And they're like, we just want I just want to hang out. I feel like the thing I'm learning is like I have to establish what is what we're both thinking as uh-huh. early as possible. There you go. Yeah. Solution. That's the solution. We've learned, we've lived, we've laughed and we've not loved. <laughs> <laughs> Next. I just first date small talk is exhausting to me. That's a major pet peeve. It's just like, uh, just the fact that, like, there's so much goddamn information that I have to extract from a person over, like, two drinks. Because apparently that's everyone's limit. I drink drink way too fast (laughs) for everybody is what I'm also learning. If you put a fucking straw, especially if it's a paper straw, we only have 20 minutes before that straw doesn't exist anymore. Drink! But yeah, then then there are people who don't want to get personal at all, or it's like we're just keeping it very topical. What which is, is that? Weird. Well, I don't even know what that conversation would be. I don't know. Just pop like... culture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what What's your fave movie? I the weird thing, and this is another pet peeve about gay dating in particular, is that like date one is like, so let's talk about our traumas. Like, <laughs> there was a, a tweet uh, recently that was like, it's pretty fucked that almost every first date has at some point the co- a version of the conversation like, so are your parents cool with you existing? <laughs> yep, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like awesome, yeah. Which is, yeah, generally. I mean, I think the 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 privileged thing about living in New York is that most people who are here are like, okay, you've you've managed to get here, and are therefore like uh, out and proud kind of thing. I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. But yeah, I just hate. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I've gotten too good at small talk that it's just like I can't. I just want to skip to the part where we're talking about real shit. Mm-hmm. I can't. But I can't stand asking how many siblings everybody has. Let's just like first five minutes get that out. Siblings, do your parents hate you? What was your first job? I don't know what people ask. This is, yeah, each each sentence that I say in this deep dive is further proof that I'm the problem. <laughs> oh, no, Matt. <laughs> no. Next, just the dance of figuring out where to go on a date. I hate, A, not a fan of, like, experimental first dates. I don't want to go to a fucking roller coaster, okay? I also just like the who the onus is on. I don't know whose responsibility it is to pick the place, but every time they're like, it's on me, I'm like, why? Why is it my responsibility? You're the creative one. 
<laughs> you, you're going to do something fun. Also, they all know you have a membership to Soho House. Uh, and that's where they really want to go and get a burg. I mean, that is another item, which is the weird status cues, the like unspoken references, weird stuff that's like, this is this is my like status in the world. I mean, I think it's particular to New York, but yeah, people, I think they just like to name drop or drop clues about their like connections in the gay world. And it's just like, yeah, I'm not saying I don't do it. I'm just saying I'm aware of it. You bring up Harry Styles on the first date within the first five minutes. <laughs> Not in the first five minutes. But... I wouldn't call him a brother. Um, he's more like my, I don't know, lover. I mean, he's also my phone background. So it does. It usually comes up That's when they're like, who is that? Um, also, end the date there. Who is that? You don't know who that is? Right. You should know on site. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is a personal preference, but I feel like it's 2019, we're millennials. I value being able to hold a conversation via text. You know, having like a good back and forth via text is important. Mm -hmm. Gift usage, not too much, not too little. Right, right. An appropriate number of references, memes perhaps, Mm -hmm. a good mixture, again, This is not a replacement for in-person interaction, Mm -mm. but you have to be good at that supplemental factor. And I am, you know, I carry the weight of most conversations, but that's just how I roll. Next! The whole like, oh, how how long do you wait before messaging them after a date? I I hate that thing. Just if you want to go on a date with them again, just fucking message them. Right. I feel like it's like game theory. Yeah. Or it's like the only reason that we're playing these games is because we're assuming that the other person is also playing them. And if everyone was just honest, it'd be so much easier. Wow. There you go. There's the breakthrough in today's <laughs> session right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, if I've learned anything in the last 48 hours. It's that, yeah, I am, I've adopted a policy of like um, radical upfrontness as early as possible. <laughs> probably a mistake but we'll roll with it until the next deep dive that we do about dating where i unsay everything i'm saying today (laughs) anyway i will say in general the good thing about dating pet peeves is that the more you do it the more you recognize you spot them earlier on and yeah you know what you know what you're weeding out as mindy my therapist likes to say it's all data collection I'm wow. Like, right. Yeah, we're just loading it all into a spreadsheet and hitting sort. And yeah, which is true. We're all just numbers. Oh, great. <laughs> we're all just ones and zeros falling down the matrix. And then Keanu Reeves is there. Oh. And he takes a pill. And then we're in the dream. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we've got Hari Kondabolu in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile Direct Club. Picture this. You're sitting on the train listening to this podcast, and I say something insane, and you want to burst out laughing. But you don't, because maybe you don't like how your teeth look. Well, with Smile Direct Club, you can get a smile you'll love in as little as six months. No joke. You just visit SmileDirectClub.com to book a free visit and 3D image at one of their smile shops, or you can have an impression kit mailed to you, and then you'll receive an email with a preview of your new smile. Once you get your aligners, one of Smile Direct Club's duly licensed dentists or orthodontists will check in on your progress every 90 days. That's it. And you can get started without leaving the comfort of your home. Find out if you're a candidate by taking the free 30-second smile assessment on their website. Unhappy Hour listeners will get a free at-home impression kit with rebate and $100 off your aligners. Just go to smiledirectclub.com slash podcast and use offer code unhappy. Don't wait any longer to get the smile you deserve. Get $100 off at smiledirectclub.com slash podcast with code unhappy smiledirectclub.com slash podcast code unhappy today's episode is also brought to you by hello fresh 
With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, you'll get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. I've been wanting to try out HelloFresh, and guess what? I'm so happy because I finally have. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. From step-by-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh gives you everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. So you can finally say goodbye to endless grocery store trips or, if you're like me, daily takeout. HelloFresh offers something for everyone from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian, plus fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. Plus, it's super flexible. You can easily change your delivery days, food preferences, skip a week whenever you need, or hey, you can add extra meals to your weekly order as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. That's right, cookie dough. I've been on my hashtag fitness journey recently, which also means I've been trying to eat better. So I signed up for the calorie smart option and I made the delicious apricot ginger chicken with roasted green beans and jasmine rice. And I felt a great making it and eating it. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash unhappy80 and enter code unhappy80. That's like receiving eight meals free when you go to HelloFresh.com slash unhappy80 and enter unhappy80. My guest complainer today is comedian Hari Kondabolu. Yes. Yeah. You've done so much. Written for Totally Biased with former guest complainer W. Kamau Bell. He's hosted two podcasts, Politically Reactive with W. Kamau Bell and the Kondabolu Brothers. And he has a Netflix special, Warn Your Relatives. And the documentary, The Problem with Apu, just everything. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. uh, I I know we've talked about doing this for a while, so I'm glad it finally happened. I I am too. So we start off by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Shorts. I don't like shorts, and I don't like short-sleeved button-down shirts. Uh, Yes. Like, I can enjoy a good (laughs) t-shirt. But it just feels like I just feel ridiculous wearing, especially I feel ridiculous wearing shorts. Uh huh. And short sleeve button down shirts seem so unnecessary as a product. Yeah, not I particularly am, I'm versatile. I'm wearing either. shorts. I I would like to apologize to you and frankly anybody else who sees me in shorts. I mean, what? So I was told by one of your uh, producers before the show that you only recently started wearing shorts. <laughs> Is that true? Is that accurate? When did that come up? <laughs> is that not true? Is that true? Um, yeah, that is actually true. Um, I mean, I I wore shorts all the time as a kid. Me and too. Then, um, yeah, a lot I, of denim shorts. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Denim shorts for sure. Uh, denim cargo shorts. Yep, did that too. Right, did that too. With the loop where you would like hang yeah. a, a hammer, I guess. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I, in college, I definitely wore shorts, but I think it was after I moved to New York. Uh, I don't know. I I just didn't see a lot of shorts, and then. I posted a picture at one point on Instagram of me in shorts, and someone asked if I was wearing skin-colored tights. Oh, jeez. Uh, because my legs were that pale. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, that's the last time I'm wearing shorts in public. <sighs> uh, but I've since embraced, I've embraced myself, and so I'm, yeah. I just feel childish wearing them. It just makes me feel like a child. And it's already hard enough when your job is stand-up comedian. Right. And it's such a weird, like a professional stand-up comedian just sounds like, you know what I mean? A joke, yeah. Yeah, like that's not. (laughs) So like the idea of wearing shorts just makes me feel so ridiculous. I just can't. Like I'm immediately transported back to being like 12 again. Yeah, it it does sometimes I'll like catch a catch a like reflection of myself and and yeah it is a little jarring yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I accidentally recently performed in shorts what really and yeah there's nothing I think more upsetting to see than seeing like a stand up person just for a long time 
talking to you in short. I agree with you. It just feels like, wow, you just, you could have been pulled off the street. <laughs> like there was no effort. <laughs> I was. Whatsoever. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I did a show uh, at uh, one of the improvs uh, outside of LA. There's mm. one, Ontario. I don't know if you've ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Oxnard is the other. Yes. There's just like some really, some really special places outside yeah. of LA. And um, I didn't realize how long it would take to get there. And I had to leave and I didn't have a chance to stop at my hotel. So I yeah. was like, I guess I'm just performing what I'm I'm wearing currently. You didn't have like pants in your suitcase or whatever? It was, I'd, I'd already been there and I was like out for the day. Yeah. Running, you know. So there's just no time stuff. to go. Right. Yeah. And I was staying in Santa Monica and it was like, ugh, there's just no way. You yeah. couldn't send someone to buy shorts at the, <laughs> buy pants at the last minute and bring it to the, <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I'd cancel the show. Yeah, I probably should have. Yeah. I mean, I'm more okay with short-sleeved button-down shirts than shorts. Right. Did you have any other uh, things you hate, or was that... Uh... Yeah, I don't like Batman or <laughs> Iron Man. I know that it's we're going all over the place. That's fine. No, we like to cover as many topics as possible. I just find those characters really lame. Those two specifically. Yeah, because they're just rich guys. That's yeah. all... Like, they don't have a superpower. They're just, like, rich guys. One paid for the suit and works with the U.S. military in some way, the Iron Man. Right. And then the other one, like, works with the cops and is just a really rich guy with a... It's just a really bizarre... It's not really a superpower. It, yeah. it seems very realistic to me. Right. That some rich person will become a vigilante and create technology to destroy people. That doesn't seem that far away. I don't like it. Yeah. It's lame. It is. I mean, Batman's superpower is basically depression. Right, 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 right. <laughs> depression Just... and capitalism. <laughs> so he bought the biggest car possible and... And Iron Man, it just, he feels like, like let's just be honest, they're both Republican. There's no doubt about that. They're yeah. Gonna, yeah, they're just going to believe in, especially in investing in weapons. and, and That's the, true, that's yeah. absolutely something they'd support. Like, I just can't, like, I don't know much about Wayne Industries. I just don't trust it. I just feel like they're they're probably putting money into coups in other countries. There's all sorts of stuff. Like, I would like to see what they're investing in. Yeah. I want to know his portfolio before I can fully support this Bruce Wayne character. <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, so we've covered that. I just want to make sure there are, if there are any others... <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to make you feel like you have to say more. But I want you to say whatever. No, complaining about things is. I made a career out of it. I mean, yeah. that's what comedy is essentially: <laughs> is finding funny ways to complain about day to day things. Right. right? Um, yeah. New, New York City. New York City is complicated because I'm from here. Yeah. So I. Yeah, you're from Queens, well, I'm right? From Queens. So mm -hmm. I love it because it's home. But like it's like, but that's not. I feel like that's not the New York I live in. Yeah, I'm the New York of like young professionals and people with dreams. Right, and like you know, that's not like my friends from high school. Like a lot of most of them. It's not to say they don't have dreams, but they have kids and shit. You know, they're settled <laughs> down, and you know, like whatever dreams they had at some point, they were like, "This is scary," you know, like or or like I found someone to love. Yeah. And I foolishly avoided that as long as possible. And so there still is a degree of I'm here for a reason. Uh-huh. I, I want to succeed. I'm paying too much in rent. Right. I'm I'm just here so I can get a couple of stories to bring to my friends at home. Like every, at some point, everybody in Brooklyn meets Questlove somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's just around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel relate. Like I feel like I've bumped into him in like eight different places in the last year and a half. I don't know why he's there. It's like, oh, he's at this comedy show. Oh, he's at this opening. Yeah. Oh, he's at Ample Hills getting ice cream. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I, just, how How is he everywhere? But I feel like people pay like 2500 for a small studio in Brooklyn so they can tell their friends back in Omaha that they had ice cream with Questlove. Right. I I relate. I feel like... That's what I'm paying rent for. <laughs> yeah, you. So you grew up in uh, where? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up uh, throughout Queens. I grew up in Jackson. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We just said that. Jackson Heights, Floral Park, and Jamaica. Right. Right. Your uh, high school mascot is named after that you. That is correct. Yes. And how did that happen? I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I was in high school when it happened. That was the weird part. Like I was a senior in high school, and there was a sophomore who really he had like. 
he was like the only kid in the school that had school spirit. Like that's not where our school was. It was like a nerd school. Everyone was it was a public school and everyone was just worried about college. And this kid really cared about like the school and school spirit. So he you know, our mascot was the hawk, but there was no physical mascot. So he raised half the money and he found a business to match the funds. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he was in this red hawk outfit. Like one Monday morning, there's a red hawk like at the entrance and went to all the basketball games and he could name it whatever he wanted to name it. And he named it after me because I was doing stand up at the time and he uh-huh. thought that was cool. And it just feels <laughs> like that is Jonas Salk went to our high school <laughs> He cured polio. <laughs> At that point, I hadn't even been on Letterman. Like, this is... Yeah. Sock the Hawk kind of rhymes, too. Like, there is no... You could give it, a like, a, a lab coat. Like, it could be cute. Nothing. There's no reason to name it after me. Yeah. But it, that's the way it's been for now uh, 20 years, I guess. I mean, that is a, a big burden, I think. Uh, or at least the, the pressure of it seems to be. I thought you were trying to make a pun with bird. And I was I was. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's exactly what my intention was. <laughs> that seems like, yeah, yeah, you have to, like, what if you become, like, a serial killer at this point? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, then they could just probably add an R and a Y and just say it's <laughs> Harry the Hawk. I mean, it's an easy solution. And, and nobody really, you know, I feel like we have Founders Day every year where we go over... Like yeah, the founding of the school, and and we discuss like all the famous alums and stuff, and like I'm a clue, but you yeah. just eliminate that clue. Nobody really knows that it's named after me. <laughs> Most people don't know who I am, so it's not like this is exactly why it shouldn't be named after me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm treating the the naming of the mascot as this is it's for life. It is a it is forever. It yeah. is a yeah. yeah. It's something I have to live up stone. to. Yeah, I do like to ask people about their uh, stand-ups about your worst bombs, and you've oh, talked well, about <laughs> so many, a, yeah. a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of which I saw you tweeted about was that uh, pre uh, Bahara. I, I, I forget. Oh, I don't it, know oh in Bahar, when I got booed off the stage, is by that pe- what happened? It was in India, right? Yeah, this was. Uh, it says Patna. You were on a dance floor performing for a young Indian professionals. Oh, that's a different bomb. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a handful. Yeah, I, The one I was referencing was I was doing a tour of India with uh-huh. the State Department. Obviously, Obama was president at the time. I and, see, I see. And we were in India, and we were in Bihar, and a lot of the audience in the city of Patna did not speak English. Uh, and it was a free show. So they didn't understand, I don't think, what I was saying. And I didn't understand what they were saying because they were heckling me in a language I did not speak. Yeah. But I <laughs> I got the gist of it. I yeah. got the, I got the tone and I knew I, I had I cut my 20 minutes at short to about like eight minutes or something. I'm like, this is <laughs> in my best and your best interest for me to leave. So that's what I thought you were referring to. But the dance floor incidents, incidents plural. So I performed at the South... There's a South Asian American conference in the University of Michigan. It's called the San Conference. And they invited me to perform one year. What I didn't know was they were asking me to perform on a dance floor because they were going to have like their South Asian dance right uh-huh. after. And so all these kids dressed up in like gowns and nice suits and stuff, excited to dance. And I'm literally the only thing in their way. <laughs> me doing stand up <laughs> on the dance floor was the thing that was like. Like in my way. Yeah. And so I did the set. It was okay. The sound obviously wasn't good. It wasn't meant for performance. It's over with. And I find out later, I was doing an event with uh, Nina Davaluri, who was uh, the first ever Indian American Miss America. And Nina had gone to college at the University of Michigan, had seen me perform on that dance floor which was like so embarrassing that Miss America saw me perform on a dance floor. And so I'm at this event uh, years later with Preet Bharara and, and Nina Davaluri uh, sitting on a stage and I was performing and I'm like, okay, so now Miss American can see me perform again and there's a nice stage here, but it was like a really big room far from the audience. I'm like, how is this going to work? And they're like, no, no, you're not performing on the stage. You're performing on that dance floor. <laughs> Closer to the audience. So the next thing I know, I'm performing on a dance floor again. I bomb again in front of Miss America, Nina Davaluri and Preet Bharara, who I've seen at events since then. And we don't make eye contact. I mean, yeah, that's it's hard. It's hard when you have to when you know Mm. the person that you're like, okay, I might see this person. And yeah. 
she's I don't think she's ever seen me perform not on a dance floor. That like I was I want to tell her most of my gigs are not on dance floors. They're proper <laughs> yeah. stages and the audiences fact that, that the want to see me. The number is more than zero is it's, like pretty alarming. I mean, the weirdest I've been. I mean, that it's performing on two dance floors is weird. I've been chased by bats twice at gigs. Oh uh, yeah, uh, my face just yeah. yeah. It's very. It's like these are weird statistics. I was at a high school. It was the Petty School in Hightstown, New Jersey. I was performing at, uh, it was probably 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, it was a friend. A friend was a teacher there, and it was a paid gig. And I went there. It was a really fun show. Kids really smart. All of a sudden, this bat shows up and starts chasing me around. And I was I was like, what the? Like, I, basically, I'm like, I went to a public school. We had to deal with asbestos, but not fucking bats. <laughs> like, private school my ass. And... You know, they were like, "Oh, that's just the bat that lives there," and it's like, "That's not normal." Right. Like, there were all the, the theater kids were like, "That's just that bat." That it's a, like okay, and then I was in, I think I was either in Ottawa or Kingston, Ontario, doing a show at a, at a college, and uh, I was about to go, you know go on stage, go backstage, when I, when I saw a bat and I freaked out. I'm like, "What do I do?" And so I. I went back into the dressing room and it's almost time for me to go on stage. So I so I opened it and I sprinted towards the stage and the bat followed me all the way down the hall. And I guess it stopped. I maybe had stage fright, but it stopped before I went out on stage. That's good. But imagine being chased down a hall by a bat and then going on stage and pretending everything is normal. Right, right. I was not just chased by a bat right now <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> Uh, but you, you've you also told jokes about getting heckled by um, uh, particular Trace. people. <laughs> Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, the brief synopsis of, of that situation? I mean, to be fair, like I say he heckled me in my Netflix special, uh, Born Your Relative, still available. But he honestly, Tracy just talks really loud. Now, it was at the comedy club The Stand, um, and I was doing a set, and... You know, I, I tend to yell a lot and and I'm passionate, you know, when I'm on stage. And all of a sudden I hear someone in the back of the room going, why is he yelling so much? He's like the he's like the brown Sam Kinison. Why is I said Lewis Black in the special, but it was actually Sam Kinison. It's like he's the brown Sam Kinison. Why is he yelling so much? And, you know, I got off stage and it was Tracy Morgan. <laughs> And it was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> he just doesn't know how loud he is. Yeah. Like, so after the show, I'm outside and Tracy comes out and he's like, hey, can I give you some advice? And of course, of course I want that advice. <laughs> it's like, yo, you're telling me that I have a five minute bit that I don't have to write? I'll just say, tell people what you said to me? Yeah. And he's like, uh, <laughs> you're too smart. These people aren't geniuses. They're not rocket scientists. You need to keep it simple. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why he decided to say, elementary, my dear Watson. <laughs> Elema- <laughs> like He didn't need to. Anyway, he's like, look at you. Look at what you look like. <laughs> Just kept saying, look at you. <laughs> Which I knew what I looked like. And I'm like, where? I think what he was trying to say is, you, like, you look dorky. You look professorial, you know, which I know. <laughs> And he's like, if you walked out on stage and talked about licking a girl's asshole, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, which is advice I I never re- I never quite followed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he uh, but I did tell the story of him telling me that. So in a right. way, I kind of got the laugh off the idea. Exactly off Tracy. So it does feel like I. I mean, I feel like in comedy, you kind of have to play into or at least acknowledge the yeah. like audience's immediate perception of who you are. Sure, sure. Uh, which I, I I guess in some twisted way was his point, but. Like uh, this is a way for you to like like subvert that or right, like, be right. shocking. Nobody would expect that coming from you. <laughs> uh, and there's a reason for that because that's not what I do. It's not at all what I right, do. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, you know, if if you're sounding smart, it's yeah. because you are smart. Well, it also I think is funny because in his mind he had to be like, think of an example of a thing, and he could not imagine me. <laughs> Either talking about or licking a girl's ass. The idea of that seems so funny to him. Yeah, yeah, I I guess so. That Hari Kondabolu would engage in analingus. That was beyond him. 
Uh, have you and en- fair enough? <laughs> yeah, my follow-up question yeah. was: How often are you uh, just you know f- face deep? No. Um, <laughs> okay, I want to talk. Uh, we'll transition to our game game we call in quotes elaborate, which is uh, we found some tweets where you express your hatred oh of, my of something, <laughs> and I just want you to elaborate. Oh, oh no! Uh, okay. Most of them are they're not they're not uh, they're all good stuff to okay. hate. This one is sometimes you just know somebody was popular in high school and it takes all your strength not to instantly hate them. Oh, yeah. I must have met somebody who was very attractive, <laughs> handsome and charming. And I I must have been very insecure at the moment. Right. And, uh, or maybe somebody said something the wrong way and that's all that took right yeah. there was something petty involved in that i'm sure you know yeah. what i'm i'm a big fan of being petty <laughs> my... i too hold grudges i like this yeah <laughs> yeah i think my like main weapon in for most of college was just passive aggression like yeah. the cold shoulder was my was my yeah. go-to which is why I only have a few friends that, are, that survived college. <laughs> right, right, right. Who needs friends when you have followers? <laughs> All right. Now we're heading too close to home. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I, I feel you on that one. I think sometimes I, I meet someone and I'm like, oh, I get you. You're, you're this way because you were homecoming king and that's fine. good to peak that early. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I was well liked in high school. And so in that way I was popular, but not like popular cool you know yeah. like i'm not i wasn't going to be homecoming we didn't have that but i wouldn't have been that yeah, yeah. no i don't think i was even well liked if i'm being honest really <laughs> i was just such a nerd like uh like i wanted i was a perfectionist yeah, and, yeah yeah i don't think it was endearing to anybody yeah, and maybe it was just all oh, the other kind of like nerds thought that right. they were cool and like <laughs> I, I just reeked of being not cool. Right, right. I don't know. So, but good for you, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you you were well liked. Um, why did the worst men have to call each other bro? It taints the idea of brotherhood. Oh, that's yeah. That's a good tweet. Uh, yeah, I just I love the idea of like saying, how are you, brother? Like there's something so beautiful in the idea of reaching out to someone and calling them brother. Yeah. You know what I mean, and whether it's a stranger or someone you're close to, like that's such that's a bond, you know, right. brother and sister. That's saying despite the fact that we're not actually related, I feel that level of closeness to you. So the idea of these bros taking over bro it's it's awful. Yeah, it's awful. I think you uh, let's a... let's commit a hate crime, bro. Like it just has. <laughs> I think there's enough of a distinction between bro and brother, though. Yeah, but I mean, bro does roll off the tongue a lot a lot easier. That means we can't say bro. Like we right. can't say no, no. bro. Like how's it going, bro? Like it, I wouldn't say it anyway, but immediately, yeah, it's not an option anymore. There's a, a the other term that gets to me is buddy. I, there's something oh. about when someone's like, yeah, my buddy and I, and it's like, what? I don't know. It just feels weird. And I I say buddy to a few people because they use buddy, and yeah. so I I've been using it back. Um, like I remember Mark Marin called me buddy a few times when I was like probably in my early twenties, uh-huh. late teens. It never sat well with me. <laughs> it never. It always felt somewhat condescending, whether he meant it that way or not. You okay, buddy? Right, buddy. Yeah, there's my name. I don't think you know what it is. <laughs> there, yeah, there is that uh, that part of it that's like it is almost like a placeholder word. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's just it's something that's like what you call like a. It's like the name of an infomercial product. Right, right, right. It's what you attach to Or something. that old child, my buddy and me, those old... <laughs> yeah. That old, yeah, um, toy. I hate loud parties. All my charm is neutralized. That, yeah. yeah. My strength... I don't drink very much. Uh-huh. So my strength is being able to be in small groups of people where my wit, my charm, my, my uh, human decency... Right. Uh, can uh, can appear uh, potentially dominate a conversation. Yeah, uh, and everyone's happy. Yeah, and when when it's a loud party with a lot of people and there's like drunken energy, there's nothing I can do. Like my strength is in like the things that come out of my mouth when people can actually listen to it. Yeah. Once that's gone, what am I? A guy that doesn't drink and that <laughs> whines about things? Like I'm not the I'm not the, yeah. Yeah. 
I I was thinking about this because uh, uh, yeah, I think especially as a performer, and you you know you sort of have like a persona on stage right. that is maybe a little elevated and loud and like you know sure sure, uh, and then when uh, yeah, like if you go out with people, they might expect that level of energy, but you're at a loud place where yeah. it's like no, actually, real real me can't keep up with that. No, <laughs> and you're just gonna not like me in that no. setting. Oh, I've never really because you just you can't have a deep conversation because no. who can have a deep conversation you know right while you're yelling like I I don't know I feel as if euthanasia should be legal I feel like too many people are living too long and why should they suffer it's, you can't like yeah yeah you're not able to really you know I feel like that is not I hate it in college I hate it now I I feel like I'm in my Late 30s? 36. Is that mid 30s or late 30s? <laughs> I say mid. Yeah. 37? What, what's the... I think you're mid into like 37 and a half. Oh, um, man, I got a year. All right. Yeah. That's but maybe that, you know, that shows my my juvenileness that I would even consider half half of an age to be a, a, a worthwhile, a, worth discussing at I'm, all. I'm for it. So it. It makes me feel like I'm slowing it down a little bit. Yeah. Just holding yeah. back. You know. I also am a big proponent of a half birthday, at least recognition. <laughs> I'm 37 and a half years old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that as my age, but like today is my half birthday. Like if yeah. it were. Yeah. Huh. I am curious before before we wrap up, because uh, we didn't talk at all about uh, the documentary, but what is the most innocuous pin- opinion that you've had that you have gotten shit for? The most innocuous opinion. Oh, um, there's been a few <laughs> stuff that I'm like shot like something like I don't I don't particularly like cats. Uh-huh. People flip out about that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like dogs are superior. I Yeah, I am a hard agree from me. My brother has two cats, and he tells me, like, if he would trade both of them for a dog at any time. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you know, and I, it feels weird for me to say it because it doesn't sound like, are you a cat racist? Are you? <laughs> like, do you have issues <laughs> against cats? And I've had, you know, I you know, I have some friends who are cats. Yeah. I've had a few good cats in my day. Um, so there's that. Um I made a comment once about how much I I hate the kids who took French in high school. Right. Like, and that pissed a lot of people. I guess that would be divisive <laughs> considering the nature of the language you take in high school. Right. I just feel like it's so impractical. Like, we live in a, like, we, we have a huge Spanish-speaking population. We border with Mexico. Why are you learning French? Yeah. Like, what, you're going to, because you want to go to Paris one day? You yeah. You plan to live in Paris? You're gonna go to the you're gonna go to the Cameroon and translate. Like, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you using the French for? There's no practical use for French. It's a, I mean, to be it's fair, a showy language. They speak it in Canada, another neighbor. They speak it in Montreal. That's Quebec. <laughs> they speak it in Quebec. I mean, that. I don't know why I'm apolog- like apologizing on behalf of these people. There's who not made a bunch choice. of yeah. Quebecois people showing up, but only speaking French. Yeah, like, it's, it's Spanish is the is the language of uh, language of practicality uh, you know so French just feels like it's it's a showpiece language yeah you know what I mean it's for sure like, I can speak French it seems like uh, I yeah. mean like Latin is one step higher than that right we I took Latin in high school but that was just for the SATs really just to <laughs> it seemed practical I had no intention of like retaining Latin right okay well before we let you go where can people find you and your work um, they can find me uh, at Hari Kundabolu on Twitter and um, Instagram. I don't know why I was about to say Facebook. I was like, that's... <laughs> it still exists. Yes. Yeah. If anybody's 50 and over, I'm going <laughs> to find me on Facebook. Uh, and my website's harikundabolu.com. So let's be practical here. My website is google.com. Yeah. And you're going to go to Google. You're going to type in H-A-R-I in comedian. And then you'll find all the other things you need to find. <laughs> right. But I'm available in, in all those different forums. And you're uh, going on tour? You're on tour? I'm, I'm touring in the fall. Uh, I wrote down a few dates. Yeah. I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina at the McGlohan Theater on September 26th. I will be in Petaluma, California at the Mystic Theater on September 28th. I will be in Northampton, Massachusetts at the Academy of Music on October 10th. October 11th and 12th, I'll be at the Providence Comedy Connection and I'll be in 
Dallas at the Hyenas Comedy Club on November 8th and 9th. There's more dates uh, to come. Again, you can go to hurricanebola.com where I update my, my show's page. And by hurricanebola.com, I mean google.com. <laughs> H-A-R-I, and Google will tell you where to go. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier. Starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? So I haven't really been watching a lot of TV this week, but there is a trailer for a Netflix <laughs> a Netflix movie that is coming out. And I have watched this trailer, I think, four times today already because I, it just really speaks to me. Okay. So it's called Tall Girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just about a six-foot-tall high schooler. And, and I guess... <laughs> Just how difficult life can be when you're six foot tall. I want to just point out, I am five, nine and a half. I've always been like a tall girl. Um, six feet isn't even like that crazy. It's like athletes. Yeah. Like models, but not like. Monstrous. No, <laughs> but the whole movie is going to be about this, this girl, this six right. foot tall high schooler and like. Like, the trailer has someone being like, how's the weather up there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think legally we can play it for you here, but please, please, just go to Netflix's Instagram and watch the trailer. It's a great time. Um, so that's that's my TV that I'm watching this week. How about you, Matt? I guess you don't care about the plight of really tall girls. You know what? I don't. You just support bullying of tall girls. (laughs) Uh I have been watching this week, uh, it's not a technically a TV show, but I recently have been binging all of Bon Appetit's videos on YouTube. Oh. I've heard people talk about it on Twitter before, and I, I didn't really know where to start. I'm still not sure if I started in the right place or if it's even what people are talking about. But Bon Appetit does have a really great YouTube presence and Instagram, I'm assuming, And they have a series on YouTube called uh, Gourmet Makes, and it's where a gourmet pastry chef named Claire, last name, who uh, attempts to make gourmet versions of snack foods. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this. Yeah. They're amazing. And I love them. And they're very, like, sweet and fun and easy to watch. Yeah. They're a good mood booster, even though they make me hungry. I, I started from the very first episode, uh, which are shorter episodes, but I think, like, I, I just got to the Doritos episodes 46 minutes. Damn. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, she, she you know, tastes whatever the, whatever the snack is and then attempts to recreate it in a gourmet way. Hmm. Yeah, often to disastrous results. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm very excited to finish this particular Bon Appetit series and then look at all of their other series. Yeah, I think it's like the Bon Appetit test kitchen is the sort of setting, and then they have a whole bunch of shows that are filmed there. I gotta check it out. What is your non-TV chaser? So this is a follow-up to a chaser a couple weeks ago where I mentioned that I recently infused vodka with apricots from our CSA, which is the uh, one of the more ridiculous sentences I've ever said. Uh-huh. But it's there. It's true. And I made a summer cocktail with my friend Emily and with my boyfriend Alex. And uh, it was like one of the best drinks I've had. So I'm just going to tell you what it is. You ready for this? We also had watermelon from the CSA. So we made watermelon juice and then we blended the watermelon juice with lime and honey. And then we put in the apricot vodka. Uh huh. And that's it. <laughs> and it was fucking delicious. Yeah. So it was watermelon juice, honey, lime, and apricot vodka. That does sound good. It was so good. And we just had like one, you can barely taste that it's alcohol because of the apricot. Oh. I will say one thing I'm not good at is making cocktails Uh, this is the first it's probably the first cocktail i've ever made yeah and really emily made it (laughs) but then i made it again um and the first time we did it without the apricot vodka it was just regular vodka so really quite delicious and fun and made me happy and a little tipsy what's your chaser this week i have um a few 
Well, one was going to be baths, but we talked about that, which is related to my other one, which is, I mean, this is me being fancy, but I had someone clean my apartment. Oh, my God. I've wanted that for so long. (laughs) I only do it like twice a year. Yeah. But I don't love taking baths, mostly because my bathtub is gross. Right. And so after it was cleaned, I was like, all right, I'll venture in. (laughs) So that's why that happened. The weird thing, I I used the service in New York uh, and then... Of course I was going to tip this woman, but she was like, I'm done. Do you have a tip? She like, it was like one sentence. And I literally like didn't know what she was saying. I had, she had to repeat it three times. Oh no. (laughs) But my hand was like in my pocket. I was like, yeah, (laughs) it's just the most awkward thing I've ever experienced besides everything else. So yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I tried to focus this week on like improving my the atmosphere of my apartment Mm -hmm. i i got i got these bulbs for my lamps so i can change the lighting oh my god wait does it go into different colors yeah i'm gonna have so much fun yeah that's great i've had like one or two of them before but never in my entire apartment and i like love them (laughs) they have like different different scenes that you can get like desert and like spring blossom oh my god (laughs) And the one thing that I was a little leery about was, like, I didn't think those bulbs could get light enough for me to be able to, like, actually see or read or things. But, like, yeah, they're actual light bulbs and they work as such. So, yeah, a nice clean apartment that I could take a bath in and have nice lights in. (laughs) Uh, And most importantly, the uh, interview of Harry Styles and Rolling Stone came out this week. It's hitting newsstands September 3rd, I think. But yeah, that cover shoot is really having to pick which which of those photos is my iPhone background was pretty, pretty tough. What'd you land on? I landed on the one with the open, open denim jacket mm. in a field of flowers. Classy. So thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your smack talk. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Music by Hans Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. You can stand under my umbrella, Ella, Ella, A, A, 